Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's giddy fitty today. Ramping up for a marathon of radio. Oh, and by the way, all the listeners need to go ahead and strap on in, buckle their seatbelts for six hours of Fitty Radio on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wes is out. He is on a cruise. I don't know if he's on it right now, but I know that he is getting ready to go on a cruise with his girlfriend today, tomorrow, and Monday as well. So he's going to be out for a long time. Fitty going to be in the co-host chair and the producer chair, the renaissance man that is Josh Fitty Marlowe, the flea market GM, flea market Fitty. I was told that I could grab that nickname from the Kyle Bailey show and bring it to the middays. How are you feeling, Fitty? Are you uh, hydrated? Are you going to get some food in just a moment to make sure that you can complete this marathon without throwing up? My water bottle is filled to the brim. I think Shroppy or Flounder, they're making the run to the good old Taco Bell. So, yeah, no, we're, so we're, we're, we're getting charged up, and I just want it to be known. Like, this is not what I asked for. This is what the people asked for. It's exactly what you asked for. But the the people wanted six hours of the flea market GM, and I'm here for today, tomorrow, and maybe even Monday for the next six hours. So I'm pretty excited, though. Um, by the way, I think Taco Bell is an excellent selection right before you get ready for a marathon. That should go over well. <laughs> the other thing is you absolutely did ask for this. When we were trying to figure out what was going to happen over these next two days, it was you who said, I can do six hours, which you're a trooper. You grind, and that's just what Fiddy is all about. But you did ask for it, and you got your wish. So it's me and you going to be holding it down until 3 p.m., and then it's going to be Kyle. And Josh Fitty Marlowe from 3 to 6 p.m. So it's going to be a lot of stuff to get. We're going to have a lot of stuff to get to. Also, usually when it's Wes that's out, I like to have a whole bunch of different people come in. If they're walking by the glass, whatever, I'll just wave them on in because I like to have this as an open community. I like everybody to walk on in and spread their takes. But also, seems like Jeff already did that despite being in Indiana. (laughs) I heard Beth and Bo earlier today. I heard Mac and Bone on in the first segment. I was bad. I didn't come in when I was supposed to. I was supposed to hop on with him at 1130. I was too busy playing in the show with you. I realized it's 1137, and I'm like, yep, I just missed the first seven minutes with the boss man. So I had to text him with my head down. Sorry, I'll come in at 1145, and we can talk some NBA. And he just peppered me quickly with CBA questions, all sorts of questions about the NBA with the new CBA dropping yesterday officially. And so we'll see if we have anybody come in, hang out with us. We've had Flound come in. You guys can eat some Taco Bell and I can just spew some more takes while you're eating your Crunchwrap Supremes and we'll figure it out. It's going to be an interesting Wesson Walker or Fidian Walker today on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. He's still driving the bus, though. Go, and help, oh, oh, go ahead and open up the doors, Fiddy. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. 
today nick wilson your boy he was on as well from cleveland yes yeah. so many different voices that could be heard on these airwaves and he was talking about miles bridges potentially going to the cleveland cavaliers it all started when we saw a picture of miles bridges sitting next to darius garland and then brian winhorst hopped on espn cleveland and hinted at something maybe happening with that organization I don't have a terrific feel for what the Cavs are doing. They've kept their information pretty tight. Um, I have some speculation. There's a couple of outlandish stuff that I'm not going to say right now because I'd get in trouble. But can, I, I wish you... I could tell you more, and I know I shouldn't tease <laughs> you, but there's there's one thing out there that I heard that the well, just look on social media in this last week and see what you see, and and you know start going from there. Your antenna has to be up right now. Is there a better tease in the game than one Brian Winhorst? The best tease in journalism. It's that guy giving you the pointy fingers when talking about some benign Utah jazz trade. When he came on this show and said, I don't want to be aggregated. All I'll tell you is that the Charlotte Hornets aren't for sale yet. When indeed a couple months later, Michael Jordan would sell majority stake in the organization. And now he's telling you, that there is some truth to whatever you want to see on social media about Cleveland being an interesting team in free agency. Fiddy, I'd send this to you. One, do you agree that Windhorse is the best tease in the industry? And do you think there is some real traction that Miles Bridges might go to Cleveland? Yes, to him being the best tease. Do I think there's real traction he goes to Cleveland? Like, I want to say no, but after what he did last year, like when he basically told the world, hey, Utah's about to tank with this subtle move they just made. It was such a great moment. And then they like they they were trying to tank, and then they actually weren't bad enough to, to like actually tank during the year. So you got to be with your eyebrow raised or whatever. Donovan Mitchell like sent out a tweet yesterday saying, I guess it's a slow new, uh, news day. And then Darius oh, Garland followed for it, Donovan. And then Darius Garland like quote tweeted with the laughing emoji and stuff like that. So they're having some fun with it. But you got to take him at face value, because when Windhorse talks, mm-hmm. he means business. So there's something maybe that's gonna happen. I I was just asking you like in the in the fishbowl like if if Bridges goes to Cleveland, what's coming back to Charlotte? Well, That's what doesn't make any sense to me. So, look, there's going to be some CBA stuff that I'm still trying to go through the details on as we get closer to the weekend. But you can have a sign and trade. You did extend the qualifying offer to Miles Bridges and P.J. Washington and Teo Maladone. Miles Bridges is the most fascinating because we just don't know what kind of value that contract is going to be. Is there going to be another franchise that comes in and does the poison pill thing, driving up the price to make it harder for Charlotte to retain him? Or are they going to come in with a decent-sized contract because they want Miles Bridges? That's going to be the interesting thing about all of this. And if you just go to strictly on-court value, the guy was set to make close to $30 million annually. Mitch Kupchak, who is a truthful man, he's not the best of messengers in the world, but he is going to tell you the truth, which is sometimes a problem. And if you go back to last year when he was speaking to the media, he flat out, he was Brian Windhorst, except he just couldn't help but tell you the secret. It's our full intention. Uh, Oh, man, I got to go. All right, I'm sorry. I'll go, Mitch Kupchak. Oh, we intend to bring back Miles Bridges. Um, We like Miles Bridges. Sometimes going over Bridges is scary. Uh, 
I, I get a little scared sometimes, but it doesn't matter. You know, Miles Bridges, he's going to come back, and we're going to pay him $30 million. And he just told you that $30 million was gonna, but that was going to be the contract. When in reality, he should have just said this. I'll just back off. <laughs> I've already messed up today. Did I sound like Mitch Kupchak when I was fumbling over my words? Do we have some of those sound bites of Mitch Kupchak fumbling over his words during that question? We can get that a little bit later <laughs> on. That's okay. But that's what I sounded like. So, yeah, is Cleveland going to be the team that drives up this price? Or are they going to be the team that actually wants Miles Bridges? Because they do need some help on the wing. You talk about an excellent backcourt with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. You already have a loaded front court with Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen. Jarrett Allen got destroyed in that series against the New York Knicks. Mobley doesn't seem quite ready for the moment, but it's his second year in the league yeah. and already finished second in Defensive Player of the Year voting. You're not getting rid of Mobley. He's one of the more untouchable assets that's grown legs already in the NBA. So Jarrett Allen is the easy guy out who's making $20 million a year. You can save some money or you can just apply it to a different position by going and getting some help on the wing that would be fascinating because cleveland could see miles as you know what he's not going to be 30 they're going to use his arrest as an advantage as to why he's not making 30 million despite him being that type of player and this might be their opportunity or at least that's the way they see it and charlotte's going to have a real decision to make do i want to bring back miles bridges at 25 close to 30 million dollars 20 million whatever it's going to be and if that's the case are you going to bring back P.J. Washington as well? Is there a shot he makes more money than Miles Bridges? Those are the questions at the hands of one Charlotte and Cleveland or whatever franchise wants to get in the Miles business. Yeah, I just wonder, like, when you look at what Miles can do, and you go back to what he did two years ago in that James Borrego offensive scheme, which I think was a big reason why he put up the numbers that he did, is he the guy that's pushing Cleveland over the top? And what I, is, I guess over the top is getting to the second round. Maybe the Eastern Conference Finals, because as long as Tatum and Brown are in Boston and Giannis is in Milwaukee, they're going to be the favorites to win the East year after year. But I also don't think he should – I don't think Charlotte wants to pay him $25, $30 million a year. And so – but if Cleveland's willing to, I think it makes it easier on them to move on from Miles Bridges. So I think it's going to be weird. I don't think anyone is getting interested in him unless they mean business, unless it's Detroit. Because, like, Detroit's home, and, and maybe they get arrested to try to help sell some season tickets, whatever you want to do on that front. Well, and look, this isn't reporting. This isn't any sourcing. But there are a couple of things you hear. And I remember last year around this time, it was actually Indiana as the team that you needed to watch out for. Just what, what I was hearing within mm -hmm. my circle, whatever gravity you want to bring to that. I was looking at Indiana. And then they decided to go the DeAndre Ayton route once Miles was arrested and you didn't have him hit free agency where nobody was in on the business of getting bridges on their team. So then they pivoted to DeAndre Ayton. Of course, we know Phoenix would match that immediately. And DeAndre is still a member of the Phoenix Suns. If you look at Cleveland's payroll, by the way, you have to account for Karis LeVert's $18.8 million contract coming off of the books. That is going to free up some space for them to do um, 
something with Miles or whatever free agent they covet. And then if you wanted to move off of Jared Allen, if he's a real trade piece who still has value, it's funny to see that he's 25 years old. He seems older than that. But Jared Allen, 25, 20 million dollars, still a really good player, not an all-star, but good player. You could recoup some assets in trading him and then trying to get some help on the wing. What I want to know from the listeners, how would you feel if Miles Bridges was traded? How would you feel if Miles Bridges actually went to another team? 704-570-9610. Would you be relieved that we wouldn't have this conversation anymore? Would you feel upset? Because you are getting rid of a talented player in Miles that would really help this team next year on the court and actually provide a skill set that is needed. Getting downhill, being an absolute terror in space, giving you the high-flying dunks. Are you more relieved that Miles would be off this team or would you be upset that Miles is off this team? What say you to that question, Fiddy? How, how would your feelings go about if Miles Bridges played for a different franchise? I mean, I wouldn't be upset about it because I think we, we all knew he was going to get a second chance in the NBA. Um, you know, this country believes in second chances, and when you play basketball as well as he does, you're going to get a second chance on, on top of that. Mm-hmm. I've just said from the beginning, I wish he'd be somewhere else. Because, like, when, when, when Jerry Jones signed Greg Hardy and Greg Hardy would do something on the football field, it was kind of hard to want to celebrate it knowing what was knowing what he did. I don't want to be in the same position with Miles Bridges if he's throwing 360 dunks and stuff like that. Like, how is a guy that loves basketball and wants this team to succeed, how do I support that? I don't want to be in that position. Avante from Charlotte actually just keeping it to the court. Uh, I would be relieved that because he's not a playoff piece. There is a uh, text coming in from 803. Trade would be the best case. Matching $30 million a year is worst case. Yeah, trade is sign and trade. I'm not sure all the rules that would have to go into that. Um, I'm not even. That, that's one of the least, uh, least likely outcomes. So it's really just him having gone to a different fra- uh, franchise via restricted free agency. Nine said, I feel great. I want to get rid of that POS. That's how that person is feeling. And 704 said, I think you let Miles go. It's just too much. 704 said, please let Bridges walk. That is not what I'm seeing on my Twitter timeline. I'm seeing a lot of people say they're ready for him to be back. I'm seeing a lot of people put out there on Twitter where they'll come up with this highlight montage and it'll get a lot of likes and it'll get a lot of positive replies. That Hornets fans, there are some people actively making fun of the fans that don't want Miles back because they are so excited, which is all very, very weird um, that that would be the route you want to take if Miles were to return to this team. We still have plenty more texts to get to. We'll get to those in just a moment. We will transition to some Carolina Panthers conversation on the other side of the break as well. It's Wes and Walker with Fitty off and rolling today. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. today he coming in with the hits on the ones and twos and on the co-host mike it's wesson walker josh fitty marlow with you for the next few hours right before kyle bailey and fitty will take over i did want to remind you queen city you and your family and your friends everybody is invited to the best fourth of july fireworks show in the southeast the 2023 wbt sky show brought to you in part by audi charlotte and dry otter waterproofing for more information Visit WFNZ.com, and you can also check out our best interviews, our best segments, our best hours. The Bobby Marks interview, numbers, baby. We're doing numbers, as the kids say. Did you have any access to just how many downloads that thing has gotten? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I tweeted it, it out. How's it? Well, I know, but I know you have the access to tweet it. Oh, I didn't yeah. know if you got the analytics the advanced stats on how well that interview was doing. It's, I think it's our second highest downloaded segment since our podcast feed was created. We're only behind. Who do we need to beat? The greatest tease in the industry. Is that right? Brian Windhorst. <laughs> Those ESPN NBA guys, man, <laughs> they'll, they'll get you the numbers. We need to get Woj on now. I want to pin all of the ESPN journalists against one another via WFNZ's platform. Can Bobby beat Brian? Can Bobby beat Woj? Vice versa, who can we get on? That's the next thing that we need to do. I did want to get to the text line. There's still plenty more text coming in on Miles Bridges, the Charlotte Hornets situation. I was asking listeners just how good you feel about Miles coming back, or would you rather him go to a different franchise? Would you be upset or relieved that he would play for a different NBA team? 803 we have a few numbers texting in about how trading would be the best case. Again, it's going to be one of the harder things to do. It's the least likely of all of the outcomes. Bradley Blanks, this is just how raw people are feeling in some of these. Bradley Blanks said, let the woman beat her go. We don't need that in Charlotte. Yeah, K.W. Hancock said, Ray Rice did not get a second chance. Buck Nation, send him packing. Should have already been gone. I'm just reading in order how these texts come in. This is not me cherry-picking any of the text messages. These are just the order that's coming in, because we're getting some on the other side as well. We did get a text in from Ty the Goldfish saying, I wouldn't mind at all. Oh, excuse me. It's not like the Deshaun Watson stuff, but I already went through with the headache with the Panthers. The Hornets don't need bridges in their jersey. So that's Ty the Goldfish. I apologize. The other one was from Chris from the Tree 4. I guess the Tree. I don't know. Some of these names get really hard to read. But Chris wrote in, I wouldn't mind it all. It's strictly about basketball. Miles Bridges is limited as a wing tweener, and it showed in the last game. He pl- he showed in the last game he played, and he'll be chucking the mouthpiece a lot, trade him to Portland for Simons and keep P.J. Washington. All right, so that was more so of the, we d- I don't want Miles because of his on-court stuff, but maybe the situation off of the court isn't necessarily the reason that you wouldn't want to bring him in. Now, we did have a couple of other people write in a legitimate question, too. How does this affect the LaMelo Ball situation? 
Brian said, how does that affect LaMelo and the extension? Because that's one of his best friends. 704 wrote in, if they don't bring Bridges back, you may as well say goodbye to LaMelo. That's his guy. Without Bridges, LaMelo walks. I've seen this a few times as well. Here's what I would say. If LaMelo gets offered a rookie max extension worth over $200 million, LaMelo's friendship with Miles is not going to deter him from signing that. Now, you might want to bring back Miles to keep LaMelo as happy as possible because that's the task at hand for any NBA team that drafts a star really high in the selection process. It's actually the good consequence that comes with getting one of these stars. Dallas is going through it right now. How happy can you keep Luka Doncic? The Pelicans had to go through this as well. Now, Zion hasn't been holding up his end of the bargain, both his fault and not, with the injury history and not being in shape. But even still, the Pelicans know the consequences of Zion working out really well for another team, that they still gave him all of the money despite playing only 114 games (laughs) in four years. Because you know these guys don't come around often. And so I understand that you would want to make LaMelo as happy as possible. But... $200 $200 million is going to do that. These guys can still be friends if Miles and goes and plays for a different team. If circumstances were different, then I'd buy into that even a little more so. But I don't expect Charlotte to play around with the rookie max extension if LaMelo wants it. Maybe Charlotte would throw in the games played stipulation that was also there with Zion. But if LaMelo says, no, I'm not doing that, then okay, you move on from it and you pay the man. Because he's your only star that you've drafted since Kimba, who wasn't a star until like five years into his NBA career. This guy's 22 and an all-star. Done. I'm not having that conversation about whether they should extend him that offer anymore. But the Miles Bridges stuff is interesting. I totally get it. You're still going to sign $200 million contract sheets if your best friend goes to a different team. Plus, the other thing about this is sometimes teams aren't going to listen to their star Because they ultimately have to win. And those stars will be happiest if they're winning basketball games. And if you're winning basketball games because Brandon Miller on a cheaper contract, he's the star that you drafted him to be. And he shows up pretty early. Because the shooting seems to be a a pretty immediate impact skill. I hope it's not the Malik Monk situation where we all thought Malik was going to be great off of the bench with his shooting and then it took a while. Brandon Miller as the second overall pick. You're hoping shooting can come in right away and help. And the ceiling can build upon that. So if you let Miles walk because Brandon Miller's on the roster, you pay for PJ, whether it's 15 all the way up to 20, who knows, but you pay for PJ because you value his defense. And then you spread that money out a little more to bring in a leader that Mitch Kupchak talked about. And that leads to more wins then that's ultimately going to leave LaMelo the happiest as he possibly can. Plus, LaMelo, again, has never said, ever, he's never said he wants to leave Charlotte. Anybody that has LaMelo leaving Charlotte is a Laker fan, is an L.A. guy, saying that he's ready for the limelight. I mean, okay, but all reports indicate that he actually really likes it here. In the Queen City? Yeah, I've been told that Boston, New York, and L.A., they don't have the cereal bars that the Queen City has. Oh, the cereal bar is so good. It's it's. Have you ever tried it? No, I want to. I remember I, 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 when the show first got put together, I said that needs to be a show outing. Wait, we need to go to the cereal bar and bond over cereal. Maybe we get to see LaMelo Ball. I, I, had, one, I had one milkshake at the cereal bar, and it was totally fire. 
a little pricey, but it's okay. I'm here to pay and support all of the local businesses. I got the Reese's Puffs, which is, I think, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go roll with it. Strong take, not strong toke. Reese's Puffs, best cereal ever. That's what I'm rolling with. And that's the milkshake that I would get over there, too, at that cereal bar. Is that over okay Cinnamon with you? Toast Crunch, the best cereal ever, over Apple Jacks, over Fruit Loops? A- Apple Jacks. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, maybe that's seven-year-old Fitty talking. <laughs> Apple Jacks were good back in the day, but they don't hold a candle to Reese's Puffs or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So, yes, you're right. I don't know what the cereal bars are like in some of those bigger cities, <laughs> but the Queen City has among the best of them. And so, yeah... LaMelo, if he likes it here, if he has a good relationship with Steve Clifford, who, by the way, is still the head coach, if you have a good relationship with the other players on the roster and ultimately you end up winning games, then that will be the thing that keeps LaMelo here. So that'll be interesting to see. Do want to see what everybody has to say on the text line, 704-570-9610. Shroppy, all caps, coming in. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the GOAT. Uh... What is that? That's Megan Rapinoe's goat sounder. Oh. (laughs) You've done a good job of mixing it up where I have zero clue what sounders you're going to play. I did not have on my bingo card Megan Rapinoe entering the show. Wolfpack James wrote in, no fruity dino bites is the best cereal, and then Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I've never even heard of Fruity Dino Bites. I was going to say something that maybe it comes across like harsh. Uh Is that like the... The off-brand, like, Fruity Pebbles I just put in dinosaur characters? Because I've never heard of it either. Yeah, I've never heard of the Dino Bites. Fruity Pebbles I've heard, oh, which is dude. great. Fruity Pebbles, any any kind of pebble you want to give me, Mr. Flintstone, I'm going to eat it and, and and be happy about we it. We also have, oh, there it is. Yeah, Captain Crunch. Yeah, Captain Crunch peanut butter flavor. That might be that might be the best. I mean, okay, but I like to not have the roof of my mouth be ripped to shreds when I eat my cereal. I like it. How do you eat your cereal? Because my, my mouth's never been ripped open. <laughs> Very aggressively. <laughs> Rather be golf than Walker. Are you not cuckoo for the Cocoa Puffs? Oh, I'm totally cuckoo. I'm as cuckoo <laughs> as it gets. Okay? I am straight up toucan all the way. 100%. Who is who's the better cereal bird? Is it the cocoa for cocoa, Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs guy? Or is it the toucan for Fruit Loops? I think it's toucan Sam. I like my cereal mascots to be a little crazy. We we need cereal commercials to make a comeback. Like, mm-hmm. remember you said the Lucky Charms commercial with mm-hmm. the, um, oh, God. The leprechaun? Yeah, with the leprechaun. <laughs> I was about to call him a shamrock. <laughs> with the leprechaun, you had the Toucan Sams. You had the Cocoa for co- Like, we need cereal commercials back. They're so good. You know, my favorite one was the crazy... Tasmanian devil honeycomb guy. <laughs> Stanford P helped me, by the way. We talked about this a long time ago, but that mascot was one of the, he was on drugs. He was on all sorts of crack cocaine. I'm not sure what it was, but he was on something because he was like Donnie from the wild thornberries, just saying a bunch of nonsense to get you to eat honeycomb. <laughs> I had no clue what was going on. All right. Lots of people are now, we couldn't have, <laughs> we could not have a bigger disparity between topics in do you want Miles Bridges on the Hornets roster and who is your favorite cereal mascot? Great segue. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> I I don't know what to do. I don't know how to weave both of these shows. We're doing two shows at once and I don't know how to do all of this. We're going to try to go back over some of the text messages coming in. 704-570-9610. I'm overwhelmed, to be honest with you. I don't even know how to get all through it. I do want to talk some Carolina Panthers today as well because ESPN, they've got power rankings, rank radio, Wes isn't here, but we have more rank radio for you. The Panthers roster all encompassing, not just the offensive arsenal, which we've ranked quite a bit, 
But ESPN, Seth Walder, their analytics expert, also Mike Clay, Pro Football Focus alum, also coming over and helping out with fantasy football. They have Carolina's roster as the 25th best roster in the NFL, Fiddy. And I just can't help but think, why is everybody having Carolina ranked so low in a whole bunch of different categories, whether it be their entire roster, whether it be just the offensive arsenal? I just don't look at this roster and think, oh, yeah, that's a bottom six team in the NFL. I don't view that as one of the worst teams. If you have the 25th ranked roster, then you would think, oh, there's no way that they're going to make the postseason. But you look at the NFC South and right behind them, according to this ranking, it's Tampa Bay and it's Atlanta right there. 26, 27, three in a row NFC South teams in these rankings. The Saints are at like 19. Do you feel like this is the worst division in football? And how much are people sleeping on Carolina uh, Carolina right now as far as the national media is concerned? I'd say from a quarterback perspective, yes, it's the worst division in football because we, we're, we're confident in Bryce Young. Haven't seen him. We don't know who's going to start for Tampa Bay. Um, Desmond Ritter, I don't think, is going to be that guy in Atlanta. And we don't know what Derek Carr is going to look like in New Orleans. I think the reason why you see their roster get ranked wherever they get it gets ranked is while we think it's a good roster, I think it's incomplete. You don't have a, a, a second guy opposite Brian Burns. You don't really have you know a force at linebacker. Your corner and safety room, you've got talent there, and J.C. Horn, who's hurt a lot, and Jeremy Chin's regressed since his rookie year. And then offensively, I think I'm a lot more confident in what they got offensively because of their scheme, but I think that's how Carolina's going to beat you. They they have do they have talent? Yes, but do they have like number ones at their position all over? Like 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 look at Atlanta's skill position talent. You got B. John Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts, all guys that could be bona fide number ones at their position. But Carolina doesn't have that, but I think their scheme will will win them games. So I think that's what it is. I think it's a good roster. I just think it's incomplete. It's like one through 35, not one through 53. Well, yeah, and, and Fiddy, it just seems to me that the national take on this team is that if you were to rank and you're going by position group, you're going by individual players, everybody's going to have this team ranked at the bottom. And yet they'll still come back and honestly combat their previous take by saying, but yeah, they could make the playoffs and make some noise. It feels like the feeling for these national pundits don't match the ranking for mm-hmm. this team. I've seen that all over the place because I actually don't look at this roster and think, yeah, it's going to be a bottom five team. The strongest unit, according to Mike Clay on this, is the off-ball linebacker. Mentions how, quote, and I quote, extremely underrated Shaq Thompson is. I've often thought he was underrated. Extremely seems a bit too far. (laughs) He's been awesome at times. I wouldn't call him awesome frequently. I mean, I I know you have the awesome meter that you want to hold me to. Like, here's my thing. If he he was that underrated what his contract get restructured every year yeah no it's a good point is there a rule you can't be underrated if your contract gets restructured <laughs> every year frankie louvu the other off-ball linebacker mm-hmm. that's the reason that mike clay has him as has this unit as the strongest but he does talk about the lack of depth my thing is all right there are a couple of other units you could go with here because you also have safety Von Bell, Xavier Woods, Jeremy Chin. Even if you don't think Jeremy Chin has played up to the hype that was surrounding him his rookie season, still a good football player. Von Bell coming over only helps with veteran leadership. And Xavier Woods was a guy that you could trust on the back end. So you could go with safeties as the best unit. What about offensive line? Yep. You just added to that. If you want to go to the offensive side of the football, you just added to that with Chandler Zavala, who could start, 
for a guy that you feel good about in Brady Christensen. Maybe not the best, but held his own and is a very versatile offensive lineman. One of the more athletic guys that were coming out of the NFL draft when he was selected. And you could use him as a swing tackle or you can put him at guard in a pinch. Oh, and you might have upgraded at that with the fourth round selection. So the offensive line is good. The offensive line matters a lot to winning football teams. And while everybody else has the wide receiver group ranking worse than they did last year, it's still hard for me to wrap my head around that considering, yes, they did get rid of DJ Moore, but their second leading receiver was Terrace Marshall. And now he's like maybe the third or fourth guy. Mm -hmm. Even here, they're telling you that Mingo is going to be the third starter outside of DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. And the second leading receiver last year is now the fourth. Make that make sense to me. I can't. I've, I've been trying this entire time. The feeling, the rankings does not match what people are saying in a positive way. And that's what's perplexing to me, Fitty. Yeah, no, it, 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 it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I think a lot of it is just it's, it's the national media narrative where Charlotte is, you know, a small market and, and all this type of stuff. There's another thing. I was talking about this with Kyle in terms of going after DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I think Bryce, I think Bryce Young is good enough. To elevate the guys around him, and, and we're gonna find out, like, because he did it at Alabama, taking you know the, the 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 roster that he had and the deficiencies in it to the national championship game two years ago, and of course last year he won the Sugar Bowl when they routed Kansas State. So even if these guys aren't as good as we think they are, what makes great quarterbacks great is he makes the guys around him better. So if DJ Chark can stay healthy. If Adam Thielen can be the route god he's been the last five to seven years in the NFL, I think those guys are going to put up numbers. I, if Terrace Marshall was your second leading receiver with Baker Mayfield, ba Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold as your quarterbacks, what's he going to do with Bryce Young? Bryce Young's already better than those two guys. Are people just not, are they hesitant to say that Bryce Young is going to be the real deal in year one? Is that what's going on? Because you can go to the defense and you can question their depth. We've done it a million times. We've done it at the cornerback position. We've done it with a bunch of different positions. I have been a huge advocate of going and getting a veteran edge rusher. I think people are underrating guys that have underperformed given expectations coming into the league, but would still be an upgrade with this team. Mind you, all of that said, are people just not thinking Bryce Young is going to come in and be the QB that can lead a team in what seems to be a bad division to the postseason? I just wonder if you're thinking that, what is the logic? Is it because he's small? Like, and that's one thing you're basing it off of because we had no problem thinking when Indianapolis drafted Andrew Luck, he could turn them around pretty quickly. He did. We had no problem saying that about Deshaun Watson, when he went to Houston, he did. When Trevor Lawrence went to Jacksonville, he did. By the way, they're all AFC South quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. So maybe the NFC South is the new, is the old AFC South. I don't know. So that that's because that, that's what I'm thinking he's going to do. I think that guy is that good that he's going to come in here. And Carolina, even if they don't win the division this year, Walker, they will be playing meaningful football deep into December, deep in, or and in, 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 in into January. That only happened last year because the division was bad. I think it's going to be the same case this year. Bad division. Tom Brady's out of it. I think Carolina's going to be competing for it, if not winning the thing, at the end of the year. All right. I'm overwhelmed with the text line. We've got Panthers takes. We've got Miles Bridges takes. We have serial takes. We have serial mascot takes. I'm going to try to comb through all of that, maybe honeycomb through all of that, coming up into the next segment. You're listening to Wes and Walker with Fiddy and the co-host chair. We're going to talk about baseball next, too. There's not enough time in the day, folks. Domingo Herman through the 24th perfect game in MLB history. It might seem silly, but 
How big of a deal is that? We're going to get to it next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. text line i lost track of it but somebody asked if i could sing the jingle i didn't know the tune well enough but that's a jingle something 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 yeah 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 no 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 (laughs) (laughs) people are angry at us by the way for not mentioning tony the tiger enough for best serial mascot i mean to be fair he is great he'd be the one that i want to fight for me if I had to have an, just a, a straight-up Anchorman-style battle between serial mascots, I'd pick Tony the Tiger as the guy that would fight for me. I don't know who else would be. You know, maybe the toucan or whatever that bird is. What Are we even sure that is a toucan for Cocoa Puffs? What is that bird? Oh, no. Well, toucan is for the Fruit Loops. I know he's yeah, the Fruit Yeah, I don't Loop know guy. who the Cocoa Puffs a- bird is. <laughs> But he's crazy enough to maybe not make me not want to fight him. Maybe he's an Oriole. I don't know. Also, mm-hmm. I was going to say maybe Captain Crunch because he has a ship with cannons on it. Like, I feel like he has the upper hand if, if we're going to fight. Now, if, if he can't use his ship, mm-hmm. maybe he's 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 not the guy I'm, I'm picking. Yeah, but, if you give him cannons, but that's not fair. I mean, hey, that's what he has. He's on a boat, though. Apparently, this is a cuckoo bird, which makes sense, you know, because he is cuckoo. That's pretty easy. Yeah, it is easy. But I, I like I like Tony the Tiger. If I'm to pick a serial mascot to fight for me, I will go with Tony the Tiger. We can get to some more of those texts in just a moment because lots of people are giving us their opinions. Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger, lots of people. Oh, Cookie Crisp commercials from Coach Polly. That was a great commercial as well. Uh, Moose said those damn crispy guys are sneaky. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you had the whole elf village fight you, that's just the classic, would you rather fight a thousand rats or one lion? That's that classic fight. I don't know. Or one Tony the Tiger. Mm. I'd probably, I don't know. That's a great question. I have no clue what I'd rather fight. Zero clue. 
I just got grossed out thinking about having to fight a thousand rats. Yeah, I'm sorry for that image. It's Weston <laughs> Walker, Josh Fitty Marlowe filling in for Wes. He's on vacation. He's going to be on vacation for the next couple of days. And so we're going to do our best to hold it down. We're going to talk a little baseball without Wes in here. Should we do this via the visit to the mound sound? I don't have it called up. So I am relying on your dynamism to go pull this up very quickly. But it just seems like we should have visit to the mound if we're going to talk about baseball. And that's why I'll stall a little bit for you to be able to find this and hit the Sandlot theme, baby. What we got? Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game and i got to get home for lunch. Come on, dog. Was as ugly as you. I'd shave his butt. You tell him to walk backwards. Is that your sister out there in left field? Naked. She's naked. Any excuse to hear a visit to the mound and that intro, I will absolutely go to it. How about a perfect game last night? It happened while I was sleeping. I had zero clue. And then I was scrolling on my Twitter timeline this morning. And there it was. Domingo Herman of the New York Yankees threw 99 pitches, didn't even hit triple digits, and threw a perfect game against the lowly, lowly Oakland A's who are having an awful season. But it doesn't matter. Perfect game is still impressive. Mm -hmm. He was able to do it against the A's, and that's okay. The 24th time in MLB, MLB history that it's taken place. The last time it happened, I had forgotten about this. Felix Hernandez was the last to do it in 2012. And that year, by the way, it happened three times. Matt Kane also did it in 2012. And Philip Humber, probably the least suspecting perfect game of all time, having been out of the major leagues, pitching for the Chicago White Sox, and able to get it done, pitching a perfect game in 2012 to hit that trifecta that year. 24th time in MLB history, Fitty. Being the baseball aficionado that you are, how big of a deal is this to you? I mean, it's always a big deal because I kind of go on record in saying this is the hardest thing to do individually in sports. Because it's the, you, you have to be perfect for 27 batters, and it's a really... It's a real hard thing to do. I don't know if there should be an asterisk beside it or not because he's playing. He did it against a triple A, uh, a triple A lineup in mm. Oakland, <laughs> but he brutal. still he still did it. Like he's and it's not like Herman is, you know, in the running to win the Cy Young or whatever. He gave up, I think it was ten earned runs in his previous start. He was the first pitcher to ever have given up ten earned runs in his previous start, then throw a perfect game. Four pitchers have done it in their perfect game careers where they've had a star in the same year where they gave up 10 runs prior to it. So, I mean, it was impressive. I thought about turning it on because I got the notification like in the seventh. And that's kind of when you really got to say, you know what? This might happen. But I'm a Met fan. I'm depressed. I couldn't watch the Yankees, who haven't won a World Series in 2009, achieve something like that. So I just let my phone notify me, but it's it's still it's still a big deal for baseball. Thank you, 207, for writing in 99 pitches and a hit ain't one. 99 problems, but a hit ain't one. <laughs> I put a variation on it, but either one is very good. Thank you, 207, for bringing that to my attention. Yeah, this guy threw 99 pitches overall, which is one of the more remarkable things about this. It's probably what allowed you to go all the way with him to go the distance because if you're doing this Johan Santana thing and throwing 130 then you're going to take him out no matter the scenario he's going for no matter the award and in today I'm I'm actually surprised this hasn't happened more often in the last decade because with the modern age telling you swing for the fences every time 
We're not choking up on full counts anymore. We're not choking up on two strikes anymore. We are going to get three great hacks at this, and hopefully it goes over the fence and you hit a home run. And because of that, you're seeing a lot of batting averages come down. I heard Leo Mazzoni talk about this yesterday, where it makes it all the more impressive. Arias is out here batting close to 400 when averages are down because most people are swinging for power. You would think because there are a few more swing and misses that a perfect game would have happened earlier than just a 10-year gap. That's what makes this so incredible. You're right, Fiddy. I mean, you could get cute and throw out the unassisted triple play that relies so much on luck. You got to be in the right spot at the right time and then have the wherewithal to have the final tag, which is how it usually happens. So I think that's happened fewer than perfect games. But yeah, you're right. As far as an accomplishment where you have to bring everything. By the way, 72 of those pitches were all strikes. Just pounding the strike zone Mm -hmm. the entire game. Yeah, this was incredible performance what he did. Also for a guy that's also not that good. Sub 500 baseball. Not the greatest ERA in the world. Yeah, it is a big deal. Yeah, I got a... Jared, J- uh, Jeffrey from Concord saying it's not an individual performance because defense plays a big part. Like, I get that. And, usually, and he forced his – this is how he pitched, too. Like, he forced his defense to play yesterday. It, yeah, you know, and, and usually in every time a perfect game is taking place, there's been that one catch where it makes you feel like, okay, this is going to happen. But, like, you still you still can't walk a batter. Like, you, you, there's still so many things that you have to control as a pitcher. And a lot of times you got to pitch the ball in a, in a way to where you're going to hit it where he wants it because your guy's going to make the play. So you got to trust the guys behind you and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – it, on top of the way that they, they hit now, you'd think with the shift mm-hmm. that would have made it easier to, to, to have it happen because, you know, before this year you were playing three guys on one side of the field. And it was really hard to hit and stuff like that. So I, I always geek out when the, when this type of stuff happens because it's it's awesome. I mean, Fiddy, how old were you the last time we saw this? I mean, I was 20. I was barely in college. Barely. So, and, 2012 was the last one? Yeah. 15, 16 years old? Nuts. I mean, it's at, to think about where it's one thing to hear 10 years and just assign meaning to that. And then when you think where you were 10 years ago and to imagine, oh, wait, that's the last time it happened. That's what really puts it in perspective for me. And Felix Hernandez, by the way, one of the best pitchers of mm-hmm. that stretch, whatever that 10 year stretch was, the, the peak of his career. And you've seen some of this happen with a Philip Humber, with a Domingo Herman. Now there it takes a lot of luck to hit it right at the perfect spot where someone is. The no-hitter was kind of devalued because it kept happening a little too frequently for it to be a huge story. Yeah. And then you would get team no-hitters a lot more frequently within the last decade. To have a perfect game, <laughs> 24 and the first one in 10 years, it is incredible. I do think it's a big deal. And that's why we went to a visit to the mound to talk about it. Plenty more still to come on Weston Walker. Fitty helping me out today. We're going to get to everybody's favorite segment. Well, it only happened once, but everybody liked it a lot. Strong take, strong toke. Yeah, you heard me. Strong take, strong toke. Coming up next, 1 o'clock hour, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.